Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode, another week of the best bets here on the field of 68. We are the three-man weave. I'm Jim Root, Kai McEwen, Matt Cox joining me as well. Shout out to Bet Rivers, the sponsor, powering this episode, powering this show, making it happen. Fellas, it's a limited Monday slate, so we can be a little more long-winded with takeaways mm. if we feel like it. Uh, we, we have that power. Matt, you are hatted and suited down in Florida, so I'm going to go to you here. What did you see over the weekend? Do you have a new perspective now that you're viewing from a warm weather climate? Yeah, Jim, whenever I come down here, it's always more optimistic. Uh, you know, glass half full, every team's really good, no team's that bad. So I think you'll see my takes skew very positive. And I think they're already pretty positive in general, but you'll really see that, I think, bear out the next couple of weeks. So I apologize in advance if that distorts any of your handicapping. Um <laughs> But shouts to Mr. McKeon, who uh, who oh, basically went went toe to toe. Yeah, my takeaway is is giving you some credit, um, specifically in relation to the Kansas effort at Kentucky. Man, I was really confident that the Big Blue Nation would come out and smack the Jayhawks. Hmm. Um, I put too many of my chips in that basket. Obviously, it's one game, so it doesn't mean I'm wrong. It doesn't mean Kind's emphatically right. But hmm. um, of all the efforts that I saw on um, on Saturday, especially given that home, the home court played pretty well in that cross conference challenge uh kentucky was disappointing so um i got too excited too quickly that's my takeaway jim well matt i won't be crowing because as soon as you crow in this business you get hit you get slammed sure. the other way humble yourself so i'll just tip my cap and say thanks i suppose um i certainly did some wrong things on saturday in the gambling space as well so stay humble stay stay frosty whatever whatever you say to to Whatever Kate outside. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Hey, my takeaways from yesterday, actually. Justin Moore came back from Villanova. Fantastic. They still lost to Providence, but good to see Moore back in the lineup. Actually started. Uh, I guess he's just ready to play full minutes. That's that's kind of crazy coming. Played like 34 minutes. That's yeah, insane. coming off the Achilles. Wow, good for him. Uh, also, another injuries don't matter uh, uh, sp- spiel here. Tucker DeVries, Drake's best player, was out last uh, yesterday. They beat Belmont by 18 on the road. Burford for Illinois State, arguably their best player, out. They beat Southern Illinois, arguably the best team in that conference. JV McCollum, Michael Bear, out for Siena yesterday, beat Marist easily. The injuries, Jim, sometimes they just don't matter. They don't matter. Players don't matter. It's really helpful when Tucker DeVries goes out and you somehow get Belmont to shoot 6% from three. One for totally. 16. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. That's that's totally normal and, and relatable, of course. Uh, yeah, I wanted to shout out Justin Morkai. Glad you hit that. And, and then also just some incredible individual performances from this weekend. Zach Eady came up just short of 40 yesterday, Woo! but he put up 38, 12, and 3, I believe. Uh, Julian Strother had 40 on Saturday for Gonzaga. AirPods, our boy Brandon Pajimski with 38 for Santa Clara. And Matt, maybe the most surprising 40-point game in college hoop in recent uh, history, Dame Adelaide for uh, Dartmouth had 41. Did you see that coming, Dartboard. No, I didn't. It's a nice player, though, Jim. You know, he was like a kind of a breakout star last year, and then Dartmouth stuck to start the season, and now they're kind of like been better. And I, yeah, we remember Dame. It's Dame time. It's Dame time. 41 was rather surprising because he hadn't scored 20 since the opening tip of the year. Hadn't had tw- not had 20 in that the game. That is odd. He went yeah. put up. 41 in a non-overtime game. Rather shocking. Uh, All right. Shout out to those guys, though. Really, really impressive performances. Let's get into today's slate. It has some high-level games, but really not a deep one. So we're going to start at the top. Big 12 teams turn around quickly from the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Baylor at Texas. 
Kai Texas is taking a little bit of money going up from three and a half to minus four right now at Bet Rivers. Yeah. I have a take on the total. I see that being chirped about in the chat. I'll save that. I'll go to you first if you have anything strong on the side. Yeah. Uh, Texas taking money. Interesting. Interesting here. Uh, Baylor, obviously, winners of six straight, though the Arkansas game gave them a scare. Texas, Matt, on top of the Big 12, coming off a Tennessee loss. Uh, Baylor hasn't lost in Texas at Austin since 2019, but there's certainly been an upgrade to the arena, some more juice in that building, Matthew, we have heard. And Baylor's defense can be a bit of a sieve. In Big 12 play, it hasn't been good, especially inside. Can Texas guards get penetration? They do mostly pick and roll stuff, cutting stuff. Baylor guards those actions well, but the real advantage, I think, is in transition. Texas has been fantastic in transition this season. They want to get up and down. Baylor has been terrible. One of the worst transition defenses in the entire country. That is Texas' major advantage tonight. However, Matt, anytime you're giving me Baylor as a a medium-sized dog against Texas, I'm probably going to take it. The matchups are scary, but I'm leaning towards the Baylor Bears. I lean that way too. I uh, I th- think I came around more on Texas. I was probably too quick to ride them off, write them off. Um, uh-huh. I used to always misuse that. Anyway, I it just because of the whole Chris Beard thing. But they played much better. Obviously, the talent's very real. They're they're good. I think this line actually is a little short. Um, wow. I'm sorry, a little bit. Yeah, a little short. I just think that Baylor hasn't all the way proven that they're back back yet. They haven't had. Um, I guess, you know, the Kansas game is was obviously very impressive, right? But, like, I mean, the, the Arkansas game I wasn't overly impressed with. Um, you know, Oklahoma, I guess, going in there and, be, and, and, and taking care of business there is commendable. I, I just think that Baylor's defensive issues, Kai, as you talk about, are not fully solved yet. And I think the, the, the transition stats are concerning, especially with how, you know, Texas isn't, like, looking to run feverishly, but they're very opportunistic. And we've seen Baylor, I think, give up some, some runs or have their own runs be stunted uh, by poor transition D. I still think they compete here tonight, though, Jim. Um, so, I don't know. No action for me. I wanted to take Baylor, but I was like, I'm worried I'm jumping too giddy into the Baylor bandwagon. Uh, so, I stayed away. Yeah, and you could you could make a real strong buy low, sell high a little bit here with Baylor winning six in a row and Texas coming off getting thumped at Tennessee. Uh, maybe just playing Tennessee is so difficult. You play anybody else, especially you go from Tennessee's defense to Baylor's defense, you'll <clears> probably have a, <throat> a much easier time. Kai, that transition stuff I think is really interesting because Baylor is playing so much slower in league play. It's almost like Scott Drew has realized like our transition defense is pitiful. Mm -hmm. We should try to turn this into a half-court game and out-efficient teams in the half-court because we have Keontae George and Adam Flagler and LJ Cryer and Bridges is playing way, way better. You're getting more from Langston Love. Like That offense is super, super potent, especially in uh, in the half-court. And so I actually do lean towards the under. I know it is like almost eight points below what Ken Palm has it listed at. Um, it's kind of gotten to the point where I'd be dicey betting it. Uh, it opened like 150s down to 146 and a half. That's shaky. Uh, but I still think Baylor's tempo like is a real legitimate change. They are playing much slower. Look at their past five games. It's been crawls even against some teams that like to run. Like Arkansas wants to run. And it was a 63 possession game with fouling late in that one. So I think it's a very deliberate decision by Baylor and they're trying to slow it down even with some high efficiency expected I would I would lean towards the under all right next up one more big 12 game before we get to an ACC showdown Iowa State at Texas Tech Matt hard to figure out these teams right now Iowa State uh, a one and a half point road favorite here but we don't know Caleb Grill's status for sure Texas Tech has injuries of their own do you think the Red Raiders, Red Raiders figured it out with a win this weekend and actually uh, going to start getting some positive momentum here? 
Uh, no, because they beat LSU. And what's our rule on this show? We, we very clearly stated LSU is just, just not a great team. Um, however, I do think this is actually a pretty good time to back them. It's a good spot to back them. Not as a full fate of Iowa State, Kai, uh, but I do think it's a fairly decent sell high. I think Mr. Goodman, our, uh, our overlord, made a pretty good case that this is kind of the peak of Iowa State's uh, run. I, I don't know if I'm fully buying a hard sell-off. Oh. I, yeah, I mean, I, they're really good, right? But I think this is the absolute apex of their value. I don't think they're going to play any better, right? I don't think they're a top five team in the country and they're basically being priced like a fringe top 10 team, um, but certainly not trying to back Texas Tech, who I've been emphatically out on as well. So, you know, typical battle of two teams you don't really trust or sorry, one team I really trust, but don't like the value on versus a team that I don't trust at all and actually has a decent, you know, potential uh, spot edge here. I, I stayed away here. So nothing for me. With respect to Goodman, it's a reactionary take. They just lost by 17 to Mizzou. Caleb Grill was out. They're hurt. This team is hurt right now. And injuries is, is what's keeping me off Iowa State in this game. It's a really tough turnaround. Going from Columbia down to Lubbock. With Caleb Grill probably still out. With Kuntz still out. The rotation's shorter. They're definitely beat up. They are playing way better than Texas Tech, Jim. Which is why I kind of still wanted to force an Iowa State bet. I agree with Matt. I don't really believe in the LSU win for Texas Tech. I still think this team's kind of struggling. I do think Papa Isaacs is going to play. Um, I, I'm not great at guessing injuries. He was out last game. If he misses this, maybe Caleb Grill doesn't matter because Isaacs, I think, is more important to Texas Tech. They have to score. He's uh, one of their best scores uh, offensively. Also, Iowa State beat this team by 34 names. So either, number one, Iowa State just dominates them, and this is easy money out of pick, or B, there's major motivation here, and Texas Tech strikes back. We know it's a good home court. Shooting splits probably even out. Last game, 5 for 26 from deep for Texas Tech. 12 for 22 for Iowa State. It probably gets more to, to even here, especially on Texas Tech's home floor. I still lean clones, but I wish I knew more about the injury situation. Yeah, that's the big thing for me. I, I would be interested in an under if both Grill and Isaacs are out because I think they are just the big, the biggest like gravitational shooting threat on each roster. Uh, Kalsher's up there for Iowa State too, but Grill, like that's what he's out there for. He's a shooter, runs the floor in transition, is always hunting that shot. And when you take him out, you can focus a little more on Holmes, focus a little more on Kalsher, and, and it takes away one more threat on the floor. Lipsy, obviously not a real perimeter uh, weapon for them. And then Isaacs is really the only like high-volume shooter for Texas Tech. So you take those guys out, and I think it's it's going to be kind of a cramped floor, likely would be an under, but we don't know. They're questionable. As we do this at noon central rather than right before tip, we have to uh, deal with some sort of unknowns. And that makes me want to stay away. Uh, I'm not willing to back Iowa State as a road favorite without Grill, just like Kai. So I'm sitting it out as well. We move on to another road favorite. That would be Virginia laying five points at Syracuse. Kai, I looked up the history here. I kind of in my mm. head perceived that Bennett had solved the zone. I remember the Jerome guy teams just shredding Syracuse's zone. But while they have won eight of the last nine outright, they're two and three against the spread in their last five. Virginia is against Syracuse, so not uh, a totally barnstorming performance. Actually, though, five in a row have gone over in this matchup and eight of the last ten. So I do think there is some solving of the zone that's happening, but Syracuse is finding a way to score over the top of the pack line. So there might be efficiency on both sides. How do you see this one? Yeah, Virginia quietly going to win another ACC title. Matthew, your Duke Blue Devils aren't going to get there. No offense to Clemson. I, I think Virginia's going to win the league. They're losing to Clemson right now. Yeah, they're going to win it. They're they're eight and two right now. They're a game behind. I, I think they're going to get there. They're also the only ACC team that ranks in the top twenty five in Kimpom. They're thirteenth. The next highest is twenty eighth, which is Duke. 
kind of wild to think about. Virginia's kind of a dominant team in the ACC. However, they're not great ATS-wise in conference. Uh, lately, they've been a lot better. They're 4-1 against the spread of the last five. But Syracuse covered last game. Uh, Virginia had that 23-point lead. Syracuse outscored them by 16 in the final 15 minutes, and they can shoot, Matt. Mintz, Gerard, we know they can shoot. Can they defend Virginia? Can they keep them off the glass, keep them at bay inside the arc? Probably. The Who's sliced them up from deep in game one. They didn't get success inside the arc. Maybe Syracuse can can keep it close here in the carrier drone. I kind of lean towards that way. Five is a pretty borderline spread for me, though, in terms of taking it. Yeah, it's a little too low. I, you know, Syracuse is one of these teams that's starting to let their freshmen play a lot more. Like Malik Brown got the start of last game. He had a really nice um, outing. He's been playing better. It, it's uh, kind of similar to my narrative I've had about like Ohio State and, and Purdue at spots. Like I, I like backing the home team, home dog. Um, especially when they're a younger team, right? I think they tend to crack more on the road and I think they tend to be uh, energized and just play more comfortable, more at ease um, at home. And certainly in the carrier dome is a good spot here. Kai, I think the shooting can maybe loosen up the pack line, but I don't know. I feel like we regurgitate that take a lot against Virginia and teams just end up, you know, shooting a poor percentage because they defend so well and they contest so well. I like Syracuse gym. That's where my gut, my heart of hearts is screaming. I'd like an extra point or two, but the, uh, the market and the odds makers said, no, no, no. So I stayed away. Yeah, Eileen Syracuse too. Also, gut sense of like, this is when Bayheim gets a big home win at the dome, and and we get this bubble narrative going. Like right now, they they're thirteen and nine, but the the actual tournament profile is not good enough. Like it's nowhere near bubble ready. You need some some wins like this to actually stack and get into that conversation. I wouldn't be surprised if they get it. Um, astute point from Kyle CM in the chat. The Syracuse team is taking way less threes. Turns out when Buddy Bayheim's not launching fifteen a game. You take fewer threes. Uh, their efficiency from the arc is pretty much fueled almost entirely by Gerard. Uh, Bell has been solid, but um, it, it's like, is Gerard hitting or not? They don't have the same breadth of shooters. Like, you know, they had Swider last year and Beheim. Like, that team was lethal from all over the floor. Maybe not quite as much this year, uh, but the spot really likes, makes me lean Syracuse. Uh, I did not end up coming up with a bet on that one, though. All right, last one before chat mob, guys. Surprising. Slipped in a Miak one here. Yeah, two preseason know. favorites in this league, NC Central and Norfolk State, actually looking to keep up pace with Howard and Maryland Eastern Shore. Kai, I don't think we expected UMES no. to be atop the league, but they're actually on the outline in the second half of the uh, the show here, so we'll get to them. But I'm starting with these two. Norfolk State, five-and-a-half-point home favorite against NC Central. What do you got for us? Yeah, Norfolk, not nearly as dominant. As expected in, in MIAC play thus far, they're just two and four against the spread, which is very strange uh, from where my expectations lied. They have the best offense in the league, but their defense has not been as great. Teams are just hitting shots against them. They play sort of a more packed in style of defense. NC Central has a lot of talent. They have very good guard play. I do think they can hang here and make Norfolk pay on the perimeter map, but it will take some regression. They've shot way under their average in league play. Their three-point uh, shooting has been brutal in, in the MIAC. On the other end, NC Central has the best defense in MEAC play. Tremendous job at defending without fouling, which is key against Norfolk. I do kind of lean towards NC Central in this one. Um, I'm always kind of scared to fade, to fade Norfolk in the MEAC, but like I said, they haven't been covering games so far this year, so maybe it's uh, it's an okay thing to do. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty dominant, at least relative to my expectations in non-conference, but you're, I talked about this with some of the Ivy League teams, right? I mean, Yale is kind of the example. You get into league play when, you know, whether they're coaches – um, there's a lot of continuity. Everyone knows each other's stuff. And Norfolk is one of those teams that I think has a very unique 
um, defense, right? And I think a lot of the teams in that conference are able to, you know, execute at a better rate than some of those by opponents that just kind of show up and like, oh wow, what's this weird, you know, defense? And it takes a while to get acclimated. And thus, Norfolk plays really well. Now they get into familiar league play. That edge is negated. Um, obviously, against Lavelle Moton, one of the best coaches in this conference, if not the best, most established. Uh, I, I tend to think there's an edge there. So, don't want to take the five because I just still think Norfolk's a little bit more talented, Jim. Um, but that's where my gut and my slight value radar is going off on the uh, the road team here. Yeah, it, it's harder to lay points with um, teams in the MIAC and the SWAC. I think they're just kind of feisty. The familiarity you mentioned matters. Although last year, Norfolk hosted NC Central and won 75 to 46. Like just absolutely <laughs> blew them out of the water. So a blood is possible, but I don't really see it in the cards. It would surprise me in this one. Uh, I'm hoping Norfolk rallies. I've got some preseason Norfolk to win the MIAC future money. And uh, they, they definitely look like an underdog at this stage. But um, I, I'm still optimistic that they can revert to having the best talent in the league with one of the best coaches at, at the very least might be the best coach. So I'm gravitating towards NC Central on the spread, but not betting it. Uh, just don't have a strong enough opinion on it. Interesting spot here. I kind of odd. Sorry, NC Central's off for like a week and a half after this game, while Norfolk I think goes to that NTE in New Jersey. I guess yeah, nothing like the there, HBCU but just weird. the HBCU challenge, right? Yeah, yeah. Two weeks off, yeah. odd, and like late in January. Okay. Yeah. It's certainly not finals, but who uh, well. All right, Matt, you're my chat mobber, my chat czar. What do you got? Questions rolling in here. Uh, well, I mean, we could just hit the uh, what's not on the outline, which is basically, oh, I don't know. Dodge those uh, best bets if you can. Dodge them. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Landmines, landmines, landmines. Chicago State, them. Citadel, best bet there. Uh, we talked about outline. UMass it's Morgan State. It's on the Austin the outline. Spoiler. Um, hey, talked about Or Roberts on the outline. Coppin State. Yeah, let's talk Coppin State. Who has been a disaster, by the way? Disaster. Um, what 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 happened to this team? It's one of the bigger, I don't know, head scratching conundrums I can't solve. So yeah, as a, as a result, Kai, this spread seemed low to me, but maybe it's not given that how bad they've been. So minus six, Kai, landing against Delaware State. Your thoughts? It seemed low, but I didn't play it because I don't trust Coppin State. How can you lay anything with this team right now? They competed for a half uh, last game against. Gosh, I forgot who they played. Eastern Shore, I think, and they got absolutely laid over in the second half. Can't play defense. Brutal. Someone asked about Delaware State team total in the chat. I don't know. I don't. I think Delaware State scored over 71 just twice all season. Their offense is pretty brutal. So I'd always kind of steer a little bit or, or be a little wary of that, taking their over team total. But if any team's going to allow it, it's Coppin because their defense is that bad. Yeah. Last four games, Coppin lost by 17 to Morgan State, 31 to Norfolk, 14 to Howard, 19 to Eastern Shore. Like they have been abysmal. Really bad. Uh, they can't defend, true. And their offense has also been nightmarish in league play. Like super reliant on Sessoms and Tark. And those guys haven't really been able to create as much. Uh, Steers did return last two games. He missed one in, in the mix there, but obviously it hasn't helped. Let's look at the, the recent results. Something's going on there. I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't like the juju around Coppin State. So. Uh, I think it's low, but I prefer backing Delaware State at home. They've been competent there on the road, not as much. Uh, we'll sit it out. It's it's not a great slate, as you can tell by the amount of fence riding we are doing here. Uh, we do have best bets; they're coming, but not yet. Matt, anything else in the chat? Yeah, uh, well, two more I think that were asked about, but are not on outline. Loyola, Maryland, Colgate. I mean, God, I would lay thirty against Loyola, Maryland with this Colgate team. It opened seventeen and a half. It's dropped to sixteen and a half. I I get the you know large dog conference angle for the smart money that 
hit the uh, the Greyhound's gym, but definitely not where I side here. I'm on I'm on toothpaste. Yeah, I, I like think Oil is going to smartly, astutely try to slow it down with the Princeton stuff they run offensively, but Colgate's too well coached. Um, I think the offense could just light them up. I would lean towards Colgate. Get right's the wrong word. Um, getting right at home, but they just played Lafayette, who's like the assistant of Colgate's head coach. So it might be kind of nice to play a team that they don't have as much familiarity with. Game one, Colgate scored 1.5 points per possession. They won by 35. Loyola cannot stop them. I don't think I can score either. I don't really trust their guards. Uh, back to the outline, Jim. I think that like there's one more game we want to hit, but I don't think anyone's asked about it. All right, maybe we can. There's one personal. game that's not covered in best pets and outline, but we'll get back to no, round two. I'll, I'll holster. All right, all right. South Dakota State at Missouri, Kansas City, UMKC, whatever they're going by these days, just Kansas City. The KC Ruse, they are a two point home favorite. Matthias, um, I was rather surprised to see that. I, I have an opinion on this game, but also some mitigating factors to that. Where do you stand? Yeah, I mean, every spread I see with South Dakota State involved in it, I'm always like, really? That's the spread. Um, and I just, I'm still. I'm still hearkening back to the part of the year when South Dakota State beat Boise at Boise. Um, like that's like the first fixated. game of the year, second game of the year, a game after they played Akron in overtime a day before. Um, and like they've had, they basically have one guy out since that initial start. Easily's out, but now they have Alex Arians out, Kai. So like I, I'm and really chopping. Yeah, Luke Apple's been out, but I, I've been chopping at the bit to like back this team. Um, but I think the injuries and to some degree, the youth has led to some inconsistency this season. You're kind of seeing the same thing with North Dakota State. They're uh, you know a team that's kind of turning over their roster this season. Um, Zeke Mayo has been awesome, um, but he's still very erratic, and I don't all the way trust him. However, I do trust him against South or Summit caliber defenders. I think that's why you've seen his his production sprout in league play, just because the defense here, as we know, is very very optional. UMKC though does defend; it's kind of their mo, and I think they are scrappy. I can't keep up with their injuries. I think I don't, I, just, I basically don't care about their injuries. As you mentioned on the top of the show, they don't matter. They definitely don't matter for this team. I kind of like South Dakota state at the number, but I'm not going to back it. Cause I've learned my lesson. Yeah. I, I remain frustrated. The Jack bunnies um, so much. So I can't even take them as a dog uh, against UMKC injuries. Like, like Matt kind of said, Apple's been out most of the year. Easily has been out forever. He's their best shooter. Alex Arians missed the last two. He might miss tonight. They basically played a, t- a six man rotation last two games. It's their third straight game on the road. They just have to be gutted right now. They're just coming off an overtime loss as well. And UMKC is a mystery team, man. They're volatile. Their guards are awesome. Shamari Allen and Raquandus Mitchell have been incredible this season. They can score 20, 30 any given night, despite their offense being able to stagnate occasionally. It's a hard team to figure out. But they have been the much better team in league play by far. Look at the efficiency numbers. UMKC has been way better than South Dakota State. Their defense is tough. They crash the boards really hard. And you can't really score inside against them. And that's a problem when you want to run offense through Dentlinger. It's going to be a big challenge. I lean towards KC here. I think there's too many uh, injuries uh, on the South Dakota State side. Yeah, so I started writing up South Dakota State plus two here for Action Network. And as I went through it, I just got spooked by the schedule. Third road game in five Schedule's days. tough, yeah. Like it's, that's really difficult. And then also the injuries. Like they're playing, like you guys said, they have basically two guards in the rotation. Mayo's playing every minute he can handle. He's averaging 25, six and five over his last four. Impressive stuff. He seems to be blossoming into the star we thought he could be. But I think the workload could catch up to catch up to them in the second half. So I took South Dakota State plus one on Action Network in the first half because I think 
if anything, they'll get a, a strong effort in the first half, but then the overtime, the schedule, the depth will wear down and catch up to them in the second half. So that, that spooked me off the full game. I would just go first half if you're going to bet that one. Kai may have it actually figured out, and we're being too stubborn to our South Dakota State rating, Matt. That could be the case. Hey, quick uh, angle here, too. Last three games, both the Idiaru brothers, the German brothers, Precious and uh, Precious Promise. and Promise. Have both started together. UMKC yeah, is three zero. Coincidence? They're pretty talented. Not. Yeah, they're good. They, yeah, they're... yeah. They they started one because Makeba was out, right? Um, the, the best, arguably their best. They're big. Player. Yeah, He's who just back came back? And, yep, and looks pretty solid. So, Matt, we thought they were like significantly worse without Anderson Cop, but they seem to have solved that a little bit. They've had enough time without him to figure out an approach. Yep. There is a question about the total in this game. It's low. One twenty nine and a half is low, low, low. I'd lean towards the over, but I got nothing there. Efficiency could be bad. Yeah. Like, South Dakota State's actually been way better defensively in league play because they're playing a lot bigger. Like three through five is actual forwards. They yeah. Kyle. Yeah. They actually have pretty good size. So, yeah. I don't know. Nothing strong enough there to, to really recommend one. Maybe a lean towards the under, but not great. Uh, all right. Next up, UMES at Morgan State. Eastern Shore, like I said, they are atop the league right now, tied with Howard at five and one. Rather surprising to see them in that position. Morgan State has been good too in league play, but struggling lately without Malik Miller and other assorted injuries. Matt, that gives us Eastern Shore. The Hawks as a road favorite here, minus one and a half. What do you think of that line? I don't know. Morgan State's been weird too. Like, there's a few MEAC teams I think I have a decent beat on, but uh, but but the two teams involved here, I, I have absolutely no read on whatsoever. Kai, I still think Morgan State's a little bit underpriced. Um, God, I can't believe they're a home dog here. I think I just have to, on principle, lean that way. But Jim's right. Like, I think some of these low major teams, your preseason priors, you got to be able to throw them out quicker uh, than I certainly have been. I still lean Morgan State, but um, it's impossible to be confident given how they play and given how scrappy UMass has been. Well, it's because they're hurt. If they were healthy, absolutely take Morgan State here, but you can't trust them. The injuries. Turner and Miller have been out several games. They need them. They need them a lot. They just lost Delaware State. Delaware still hasn't played this year. Like yeah, Morgan State just lost Delaware State. They're they're not at their top form right now. I know they beat Norfolk. That was a really weird game. UMES has looked like the best team in the MEAC so far. Crafton has done an incredible job there. Also, reminder: this team beat Temple at Temple this season. They they're kind of good. Surprisingly, I don't know how they're doing it. it. It's defensively motivated. They're they're tough defensively. They press. They're very good at it. They're ninth in the country in points per possession allowed when pressing. They will force turnovers in this game, especially without Malik Miller. I'm not looking to set in front of them right now. I, I stayed away. Yeah, Kai, the, the Morgan State over Norfolk result it might have something to do with Norfolk being 0 for 13 from 3 and yeah. Morgan State being 12 for 26. Like, it was a kind of a total fluke, and it's probably boosting Morgan's ratings higher than they should be right now. Yep. I, I kind of think given these current health status of the rosters, no Malik Miller from Morgan State, that's bad news. I, I would take Eastern Shore here. Uh, I just think they know who they are. They, they brought back a lot from that team last year. It was really, really good. In yeah, the right. Conference, and it kind of caught up with them a little in league play. They didn't have a lot of size. They added some size this offseason. They're still not huge, but they've got like versatile wings that can guard a bunch of different positions. And size isn't going to kill you against Morgan State in this league. So lean towards the MES. Next up, Chicago State, the Citadel. One of these weird non-conference games because Chicago State needs to play somebody at this point. Um, actually really good lately though. Chicago state nine and three against the spread covered three in a row. Seems like the spots are helping them Kai where 
they're playing a game that's important and the other team is stepping out of league play for like a whatever game. How do you see this one shaping up with the Cougars on the road getting three points at the Citadel? Yeah, Chicago State's been awesome lately, man. They're 10 and four against the spread in their last 14. They have three straight covers. These teams that play them, they just don't really care about this game. It's a non-conference game. It's a weird throwaway. A team like Citadel is not making the tournament as an at-large. There's no reason to really get up for it. And frankly, Chicago State, the name kind of carries a an air of, oh, this team sucks. We, we don't really need to bring our A game here. But Chicago State's better than the Citadel, one, one could argue, this year. They certainly have been lately. They are ranked higher in Kempom, I believe. I'm surprised Citadel's taking a bit of money. I know they've been, Chicago State's been kind of on a world tour uh, on the road. I don't think that matters. I think they're used to it, man. They're that, That's just what they do at Chicago State. Uh, they also have a couple familiar faces for the Citadel. Maybe there's an angle there. Cardet, uh, their best player, played for Sanford. He's been excellent this season. Brent Davis is a transfer from Citadel, been one of their best players as well. Those two, plus Corbett, plus Weaver, that is a talented core. Chicago State has some guys. They had a glass edge, too. They have a sheer motivation edge, too, in my opinion. I like the Cougars here. My best bet is Chicago State, plus three. I love it. I mean, I looked at the minute counts last game. They played Aurora. Kai, our, uh, I don't know, D3 or NAI, whoever the hell that is. And um, on Saturday, their big, it was core three you mentioned, only played like 20-ish minutes. So that was my concern. It's like, they're going to go home and play rest. this stupid throwaway game. Yeah, it's, my, it's mostly rest. That's my point. Like, with such a short rotation, you played at Stanford on Wednesday. You competed your heart out. You played Coastal. You won at Coastal two before that. You come back and play your third game um, at in, in the week at home. It's a nothing game. You don't want to wear out your stars before you then go to the East Coast to play Citadel if you're looking to back them here. Looks like they didn't, so I feel like they're going to be, I don't know, somewhat rested. Uh, and you're right. I think the bigger point is, like, who the heck matters? Who, How many games they play in how many days? Like, look at their entire schedule all the way up until this year. They've played well in every spot that seems like a bad spot. They're just kind of hearkening. Um, they're kind of harnessing that, like, you know, back against the wall type thing. And I think, how you mentioned, the, the better point is that the teams playing them don't, especially the mid-majors, there's, there's nothing to lose Citadel loses to Chicago State. There's no loss for the Citadel at all. Like it means nothing to them. So I kind of think that negates any potential uh, rest disadvantage that the the Cougars encounter throughout this. You know, whatever the hell they're going to play the rest of the year. Yeah, Citadel just lost to Mercer on Saturday. They play kind of a semi rivalry game on Thursday against uh, VMI. I don't think they grinded a bunch of tape on Chicago State yesterday. I don't think there was like the urgency of quick turnaround for a, a game that is in the non con. Uh, and I like genuinely believe Chicago State has better talent. I I'd, like you look at where the transfers came from. Citadel has a couple down transfers as well. Um, Ash and Morgan are from Iowa and Notre Dame, but they were walk-ons at those places. They weren't like some superstars. Now they're big pieces of the Citadel. I definitely like Chicago State here. I'm with Kai, especially with ticking up to three. I had seen an opener of two. Surprised that the Citadel took money. I- I'm definitely yeah, three and a half wow. back there with Chicago State. Last one on the outline, South Dakota at Oral Roberts. The Eagles are running away with this league. They're already up by four games. It looks completely inevitable that they will uh, have a regular season championship completely unchallenged. But Matt, they had a little bit of a scare this weekend. They didn't They didn't totally dominate uh, for one of the rare times in this league. South Dakota I would try to make their trending up case, but I don't think I totally can. I but, can't. Is it just like the the lines have gotten too inflated for Oral Roberts and you you want to look on the other side? Where do you land? Oral Roberts uh, minus 15 and a half right now. Yeah, I kind of think this. I mean, South Dakota, I was selling a little bit um, this season. But you look at the roster. I mean, it is talented. And I'm with you. I was trying to find the evidence of uh, an upswing. And, you know, 
AJ's been that's really hard to do. They've covered three straight. It is. They have covered three straight. I think they're starting to to climb there. However, I look at like Plitzelite's stats and I look at some of the other guys who I think are like their key cogs and yeah, I mean they've been really solid. I just think that they've been solid relative to ATS expectations because they're so cheap in the market. So I think they are still really cheap in this spot. I mean, a conference game getting heck sixteen and a half against Oral Roberts, um, even as dominant as they've been, they've not been invincible, right? They almost lost to UMKC at home. They just had a close uh, encounter um, the game before that. They've certainly put teams to sleep in two seconds too. So I, I can't. I think I would lean South Dakota, but I- I'm not going to bet it. I mean, Oral Roberts terrifies me. And Jim's right. He mentioned the second half splits for Oral Bob. They are just they they don't go away, right? They come at you with depth. I think teams just get demoralized by the time you're down 20, 15 the second half, and they just keep pouring it on. It gets to 25 and 30. That, that's why I don't like fame this team. Yeah, spread's big, but Oral Roberts is scary. However, they are 5-4-1 in, in Summit play. Yeah, ATS. not invincible. They, they can be covered against because those spreads are, are, are so inflated. Like I said, South Dakota's covered three straight. Maybe they're starting to click a little bit. The talent's always been there. Arguably the best backcourt in the league with, with Parrot Hunt, with uh, with Archambault, with Plitzel White. That's a dangerous combination. Their defense is really bad, though. Really, really, really bad. And Oral Roberts is going to shred it. Uh, Max Aceman is going to tear him up. They're a well-oiled machine. Also, Oral Roberts is the best defense in the Summit, too, right now. They guard the three well, which is basically how South Dakota scores. If South Dakota has uh, a cold night from 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 downtown, it's done. They're down by they're down by thirty. If they're hot. They can probably keep this one close, keep it in single digits. In those situations where shooting variance is king, I kind of stay away, Jim. Yeah, I, I, if you're going to bet South Dakota, I feel like first half, you know, you're getting close to double digits, and that's the, the splits with Oral Roberts really indicate that you don't want to fade them in the second half. Like they have been ridiculous. Hey, Matt, if I made you guess who the second place guy for Ken Palm Player of the Year in the Summit League is, who would you say? Ace Miss is first. I'll give you that. Second is it Connor? Mr. Van Ova? Mr. So good. Look at his stats. He's, he's last five. All conference type of guy in this league. Uh, Zeke Mayo and first round NBA draft darling Grant Nelson uh, coming in at fourth there in that race. He's good. He's not a first round pick. Uh, but yeah, I, ultimately it would be South Dakota first half or nothing on that one for me. All right, Matt. Um, anything else in chat mob part two? I saw a question about futures. I have one or two that I think maybe are worth looking at, but any other games that people are asking about? Uh, Jackson State Southern, Mr. McCann. Uh, um, Southern took money up to nine. Thoughts? Too high? It's the lean, fighting Mo Williams? Yeah, kind of lean towards Jackson State on the number, but Southern is the best team in that conference, and they can lay over anybody. It's just kind of a will-they-won't-they they type of thing. I, I'm staying away. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't... Okay, Jim. The lowest uh, rate of blowouts in the entire country is the SWAC. Um, Makes total sense. Yeah. Don't have hmm. many of them. So, I, you know, you don't want to bet like double digit spreads in that one or close to no it. lead is safe. No team can secure a lead that requires uh, ball handling um, and free throw shooting. And, and every team here struggles to do that. And every team here can pressure and, you know, create havoc when they need to. So, yeah, I think every game kind of trends toward pick them uh, at some point. I like that angle, Jim. I think that's it. I think the best bets. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we have uh, no best bets. Let's do it. Um, oh, talking, we can talk futures too. About, someone asked about futures. And I just wanted to say yeah. it's, it's going to be blasphemous to come out of my mouth, but Creighton at 45 to one, I think is pretty good value. I, I think they're going to go on a run in the big East here. They look really good. They're 11th in Ken Palm. Now you're getting them at 45 to one. I think that's pretty solid. I don't know if you guys have any teams that jump out to you, but that's the one where I just feel like it's not really aligned with where they should be by the start of the tournament, at least in my perception. 
What's Joel Roberts at? Let's just harken back to what we just discussed. I think they can make a Sweet 16 run. So you're looking for like a Final Four. four. Yeah, that's probably a a better... If you're throwing a Hail Mary, don't throw a title Hail Mary, but throw a Final Four Hail Mary with the the Bobs. You're wasting your money. I don't think so, man. Like their roster is Acemas. Like their second banana is Isaac McBride, a top fifty recruit who played at Kansas, just never got in the floor. I think he was hurt and was played over. Vanover is like but they're a power six dude. But they're a twelve seed. You you can't be seated at twelve and expect to make the final four. Just five hundred to one to make the final four. They've already made the Sweet Sixteen with Acemas as the lead guy. I don't think that's Sweet Sixteen. It's not bad. This team is definitely hey, better it, than boys. that team. I'm just saying. I think. I'm going I think, to. Uh, I think the to. eyes are sometimes the stomach's bigger than the eyes. Sometimes is one. If the, you get the, five, hey, well, the stomach team, you will make money. That's yeah, right. Yeah, but I don't think you should make bets to plan on hedging them out. I think that's minus EV long run. I think it's it's negative unless you have a large portfolio to where maybe you also maybe. have their like their 501 to make the final four, but they're playing a team you have to make the title or, or to win the title. Like I'm the big. I have a whole crap ton of futures and there's yeah. like four teams in there that i don't have any of that if they make the if it's if, it, if that's the final four then i'm totally screwed uh, but i'm hoping that i've got enough coverage elsewhere we'll see that's a good point kato you have to ask yourself do you think this team can actually win the bet i'm taking like i, I actually do yeah. think we're up to get to the final four obviously it's not likely but I, I don't think it's completely ludicrous so could they do what davidson did with curry and make VCU or right. yeah, I mean that VCU is a little more Cinderella, but I think this team is better than VCU was that year. So I don't know, maybe I'm off my rocker. Could be. Um, all right, that's it. We can go to best bets. That's all. Yeah, Kai, Kai, you are leading us off for best bets. I know you already revealed it, but Chicago State, the Cougars, plus three. Boom. Taking uh, my best bet, taking Alabama State on the road at Florida A and M. Team just came from Bethune Cookman. Alabama State showing signs of improvement. I kind of was really high on this team preseason. Uh, Madlock and company has been disappointing. I think they really were just tough. Um, they struggled really, really badly against top-end competition. They just don't have any size. I think they've come down to the swack where um, their lack of size is sort of neutralized, and I think their just energy and the way they play uh, has played better. And I don't believe in this Rattler team. We talked about how bad they were all offseason. I know they're well-coached, but... I think this is just a, I'm getting the more talented team in a pretty good spot at a pretty good point of their uh, trajectory. So give me the road favor. I know I missed a point and a half of value. I think it opened one. It's up to two and a half, but I'm going to lay it here with, uh, with the fighting Madlocks. boy, Matthew. Uh, I'm also in the swack for my best bet. It is Alcorn state plus five. Another one I wrote up uh, a little more extensively for action network. If you have so desire to, to read further thoughts but again i don't think there's gonna be a lot of blowouts in this league grambling's earned the right to be favored but i don't i think it's just too many points alcorn's gonna play a really compact style defensively force you to shoot over the top hopefully that takes away cardi or gordon who is uh, just a ridiculously dominant presence in this conference like he's not fair six nine two forty skilled big guy yeah that's that's not not fair at all but i think they can force a little bit turnovers uh, I love Byron Smith, the coach for uh, or Byron Smith's Prairie View. Matt, help me out. Who's who's our Alcorn coach? Just took Bussy, Bussy. Thank you from the Byron Smith tree, uh, Landon Bussy. Yeah. So the Braves plus five on the road. Give it to me. That's the best bet. All right. Anything else, fellas? I believe that's it for today. Softer go slate, action. Of course. Go go action. action. Go me action. Enjoy all that tonight. Me action. Chicago too, State yeah. action. Also that independent well. action. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow. The slate expands many games, bigger games, better games. We'll discuss those same time, 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. We'll see you then. Good luck tonight.